You're 14 years old. One day you arrive at school only to find out that your best friend just committed suicide. You're a young teenager in high school. Show up to school one day to find out another friend commits suicide. What do you do? You start a charity to increase awareness. You start a charity to make a difference. We're talking to Caden Garcia today, a young 18-year-old that is making a difference, and I can't wait to talk to this young man. Welcome to the show. You're listening to the Hope Radio Podcast. My name is Sean Davis. I happen to be your humble host. And joining me, as always, my wife, my beautiful bride, my partner in life, partner in crime sometimes. <laughs> Her name is? Just Jen. Just Jen. And keep so, it simple. Keep it simple. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of keeping it simple, one message. There is hope. There is hope. We've got a young guy, Caden Garcia, coming on our show today. Somebody that I met through Instagram, a young man making a difference. His life has been impacted by suicide. In eighth grade, he lost a best friend. In high school, he lost another friend. And um, he decided to do something about it. And that's what I, I love, stories of people taking action. Yes. Take action, people. You're never too old? Nope. And as Caden will attest, you're never too young to make a difference. And so I can't wait to uh, talk to him. He started a co-founded a company with his father called Your Tribe Clothing. What they do is they sell clothing and half the proceeds of the shirts and hats and sweatshirts and other apparel that they sell goes toward education, awareness, support for suicide prevention. And uh, this was started like when he was 16, 17 years old, mm -hmm. which I think is absolutely awesome. No excuses. None. Never too old, never too young. Nope. Shall we talk to this young man? Let's do it. All right, here we go. All right, so I'm very pleased and happy to have um, a friend of mine, an acquaintance of mine, somebody that I met through Instagram on the show. His name is Caden Garcia, and this young man is doing things. Right, Jennifer? He is doing things, He's yes. ma He's making stuff happen. Um, he's not letting his age be a factor. He's out there trying to make a difference mm -hmm. in people's lives, and we're so happy to have him on the show. Welcome to the show, Caden. How are you? Thank you. I'm great. How are you guys doing? Doing well this uh, fine, chilly morning. Uh, <laughs> we're just happy it's not raining. But, you know, I think this whole COVID, you know, stay at home thing, I think it's worse when the weather's bad because, yeah. like, you literally don't, you don't even get a chance to go outside. So we're, we're hoping well, the weather clears up. If you saw us right now, we are in the studio. We have hats on and coats on and scarves on and blankets. <laughs> and we have two huge heaters blasting at us so we're freezing <laughs> yeah well you know that's one of, that's one of the things my little podcast uh, shack our radio shack as we call it does not have uh 
any kind of heating or air conditioning in it. So we it does have power, though, obviously. So we're getting our heaters together. But yeah. uh, well, welcome to the show. You know, the reason that um, I wanted to have you on is that you are um, making a difference or at least attempting to make a difference in um, suicide prevention. And, you know, we connected some time ago on Instagram and you've since then shared some stories with me and shared um, a little bit about the charitable work that you're doing. And you run a company called Your Tribe Clothing. Mm -hmm. You co-founded it with your dad. And um, so yeah. tell us a little bit about that. Tell us a little bit about the origins of how this all came about. Because from what I understand, you've been um, directly impacted with this whole suicide um, prevention. It's, it's affected you in your life. And, uh, you know, we want to hear a little bit about that. But more importantly, we want to hear about uh, hope and what you're doing to help. Yeah, so it all started back in eighth grade, which is like awfully young for this kind of stuff that you wouldn't think mm -hmm. happens that often in that age group. But so my best friend of just a few years, he died by suicide in eighth grade, like I said. Um, and at the time, it like, I don't know, I don't think it hit me or any of my friends like the way that it did, I'd say, during our high school years. Cause we didn't really have like outlets or those kinds of things like me and my dad are like trying to create within schools and that kind of stuff. So years went by and definitely some more um, suicides happen within schools and our community within that time. And after that, and after I think it was my junior year, um, I was in a law enforcement class. And it's taught by, like, a police officer from our local city. And whenever somebody, you know, dies by suicide, they have to, like, tell, the, like, the kids at the school. So in that case, it was the school resource officer telling us that this happened. And I guess she had been there the night it happened. So she was just, like, she totally broke down in front of the class, which is totally okay and understandable. Um, but, yeah, that just took like a big effect on me seeing how it affects not only the people's family, but really just everyone around them and the community. So yeah, me and my dad and my mom too, she came up with the name actually just decided that we're just going to do something to make a difference. So we decided to make these t-shirts with the word on the front and the I replaced with the semicolon, which represents a sentence that could end, but you know, keeps going. Mm -hmm. And we like tie that into someone's life and with the proceeds we make selling those we donate half of it towards putting on what's called a qpr training for like faculties and schools and those kinds of things just to help people have more of an outlet and know how to react to these situations that is that is incredible so let's let's break that down a little bit so you first were touched with it in eighth grade when your best friend committed suicide and I think at eighth grade you're not yeah. really emotionally developed enough to yeah. really kind of process well that. we we currently have an eighth grader so yeah think so of when it you that way when you think oh, about really? Madden you know kind of processing that right. I don't I don't think he's fully equipped with you know the depth of emotions no. that you would need to mm -hmm. actually you know process that yeah. effectively I mean yes. it's something that you're aware of it'd oh, probably yeah. be something that made you sad 
something that would have um, affected you, obviously, but mm-hmm. maybe not. Um, yeah, I think it kind of depends. Maybe not. Yeah, it's honestly something that we personally haven't really even talked to with Madden, you know, being an eighth grader. Like we really haven't even really had those kind of discussions because I don't feel like we've had to, but. You know? Yeah, I think that's to Caden's point. It's right. not something that you would normally associate with exactly. a discussion that you would have in eighth grade. Exactly. Unfortunately, the reality yeah. of it is, is that younger people yeah. ever on an increasing basis, mm-hmm. especially with cyberbullying and other right. challenges that they're they're facing, you know, are committing suicide. Yeah. And then so what really kind of hit home for you was once you were a bit older then in high school, I read a little bit of of your commentary on your um, on your website. But that that you know that resource officer that came to explain what had happened that had a profound effect on you. I, I think that probably married the emotions from when you were in eighth grade to that moment mm-hmm. right there. Now you're a little bit older. Now you can oh, yeah. process it, and so um, you know it it probably hits you like a like a ton of bricks. Did you then reflect back to what happened in eighth grade? Like, did that solidify for you like this? desire to to make a change or to make a difference yeah definitely like you said like as an eighth grader you definitely don't know how to process that which is why it's like such a i'd say new thing to be talking to that young of kids about um because now and when that happened with the school resource officer and the boy from my school like i tied all of that back into what i experienced i don't even know how many years before in eighth grade Um, but yeah, just understanding like how frustrated parents were like within our friend group, that was confusing to me, but the first reaction were like really upset parents. Um, so describe that when, when they, when they, when you say they were upset, what, what specifically were they upset about? Were they upset about the suicide? Were they upset about, you know, the reaction? Well, like what, walk us through a little bit more about what that was about. So trying to remember back to then, like not really knowing how to process things. I think it was just, I remember I was at the store with my mom when she got the call. She didn't tell me, but she was just really upset. Like, I don't know like what exactly like was what she was upset about, but she was just like very upset. Mm -hmm. I think as parents, you just, you immediately imagine yourself Mm -hmm. in that situation. And I think you have an abundance of empathy for the parents of the, of the person that uh, passed away and for their siblings. Well, I just think you think, how can this happen? Why would this happen? Why did they do that? Yeah. He's so young. Yeah. Now, did you, this person that uh, passed away in high school uh, by suicide, did you know this person? So I just, had known of him through like other friends and stuff, but I definitely had a couple people that I was a little better friends with that were pretty affected by it. So you, you noticed that they were upset. And so what, what for you made you think, you know what, it's time to do something about this. So to walk us a little bit through how you kind of came to that conclusion that you were going to be somebody instead of just processing it and thinking about it and then moving on with your life, you were going to be somebody that did something about it. I think the biggest part was just hope. It's just that people like these kids and obviously it goes beyond that. Just all deserve to live their lives and that like in the moment people don't know how to handle these emotions and stuff. So that's the biggest part to why we're helping put on these trainings and stuff. So not only the people like teachers that are dealing with kids every day know how to deal with these emotions, but that 
kids are able to do the same. And just seeing the effect that it's had on just people in communities, like families is obviously the closest one to the kids usually. And just seeing how like hard of an effect it has on everybody around them. It's just such a terrible thing, you know. So you and your family um, decided to make a difference. So you came up with a name, Your Tribe Clothing. So tell us a little bit about Your Tribe Clothing. What what does that signify? What does it mean? And uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, I've read a little bit about Project Semicolon, but I want you to uh, expand on a little bit more about what their hope or goal is in uh, suicide prevention as well. Yeah, the name Your Tribe Clothing, we just came up with that kind of to give the people that are hearing about our business and that are getting shirts and stuff just to know that they even if they feel like they don't have people there for them like the hopelessness like you said um just to help them know that they do and that like anyone that wants to be a part of it like it's just like your tribe just a group of people and stuff that just has each other's backs and it just gives them that outlet you know so, yeah, a, a community of people, you're, you know, for example, whether it's in a family, whether it's in a large family, a tribe, et cetera, it's just a, a group of people yeah. that share a connection somehow. So um, I love that. And then so Project Semicolon, from what I understand, is semicolon, as you said, the story continues. It's not a period. It's not an end. It's not the end of the sentence. It's not the end of your life. You know, the reality of it yeah. is, is this can be this can be a moment in time. You can continue. And so Project Semicolon, which you guys incorporate into how you're uh, creating graphics for the clothing line that you um, sell, you know, that that's the message, yeah. right? Take either pause yourself, think about your decision, or this is just but a moment in time can continue your life so that, I mean, it really does have a profound effect, I think, in terms of um, a visual example. And you guys substitute the I in certain words. What's your best seller right now? You sell yeah. t-shirts with words on them. What's, which is, which is the best seller? I think one that sold like a ton of was warrior. I think yeah. that was just a cool one because it just shows that people are knowing they they're able to put up a fight, you know, people underestimate how strong they are. Yeah. And so warrior, I think, is a, is a good one. So you replace the I with a semicolon colon in that, and then um, you have that graphic on the T-shirt. So people at least look at it and go, well, why is it spelled that way? I mean, it could spark a conversation. Do you get reports of people telling you uh, stories back as to the conversations that they've had based on these shirts? Yeah, we've heard that people, and that's like, you know, when we see orders from people, we just, we're like, oh, I wonder like where that came from kind of thing. Like, if we can tie it into like a certain city, maybe that we did a little business with, I think that just goes to show that people saw it and they're able to talk about it. And the people that are buying the shirt, I'm hoping are willing to. And I know that I know of some that are definitely willing to talk about it. So yeah, I think just sparking that conversation as simply as just through the shirt is just great. No, I couldn't agree with you more. And you can so you can do a Google search on um, on the web and do your tribe clothing. It'll go to your Facebook page, and you actually got a store. I saw your mom rocking some of the new um, COVID or coronavirus gear, quarantined, and you've replaced the eye in that with a semicolon and stuff. So tell us a little bit about your initiative. Yeah. I just saw you get you guys had a great article written by a local newspaper about your initiative for first responders as well in the midst of this coronavirus, um, COVID-19, you know, pandemic that we're dealing with. So tell us a little bit about that. I think our biggest goal there was just to give like the opportunity of hope and stuff that we were able to give to everyone else that 
comes in contact with our product is just to help them know that like they're a part of it as well. Like I know that their lives right now are revolving around what we're going through as a pandemic, but it's, I feel like it's just very different for them right now because we're able to just, you know, all be at home and I'm sure we have our, we all have our worries, you know, about work and those kinds of things. But these people are the ones that are tirelessly like putting their lives on the line. Like I'm hearing about so many of them getting so sick and these things. And I have an uncle, him and his friend, they're both nurses, you know out in California and his friend like just got like laid off. So even outside of the people that are having to go to work and put their lives on the line, there's people that are like within the medical field that are probably feeling hopeless, I'm sure. Yeah, I think I think your message of uh, hope is is shared by us. I feel like right now at this particular time, it's a challenging environment to uh, foster optimism. It's a challenging environment to be um, hope filled because you just, you know, no matter what you turn on, I feel like whether it's the website or the nightly news or whatever, you just can't get away from all of the pandemic talk. And then the situation just seems to be, um, you know, not improving, you know, we're being told brace for the for the worst mm-hmm. in essence. Mm-hmm. And so I think that this is a, a very yeah. challenging time and you, you match that with people being out of work. You match that with, um, mm-hmm. you know, people being concerned about money. Um, you match that with a feeling of, um, not being able to do anything about it, a lack of control. And, uh, I, I think that's a recipe for people to feel despair. And obviously the more people that feel despair, the, the more there's a chance for something like suicide to, uh, for the numbers to increase. And mm-hmm. so I do, I do worry about that coming into uh, 2020. I saw t- a statistic that came out in January that the suicide rate has jumped 40% in over 17 years. So in less than two decades, mm-hmm. it's 40% more prevalent today than it, than it mm-hmm. used to be. Um, I also heard a statistic yeah. that for every completed uh, suicide, for every person that passes away, there was 25 attempts that were made prior to that. You know, so big, small, it's mm-hmm. just, it's just, uh, that was just crazy to me to think yeah. about. And then I read that yeah. uh, men are three times, three and a half times more likely than women to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's interesting is that more women attempt it, but more men actually fulfill it. And the biggest reason, I guess, behind that is guns. Women usually uh, yeah. attempt to commit suicide, not necessarily with guns and guns are obviously effective at killing. So the reality of it is, is that that's how that happens. So, I mean, just crazy statistics. Um, 55% of adult males and or females in the country know of someone who died of suicide and suicide is the 10th leading cause of death in the USA. 10th leading cause of death each year. Yeah. it's sad. Yeah. it's, It's very sad. And I mean, you're doing such a great job, you know, for for your awareness and teaching everybody about this. So, so tell us a little bit about the proceeds. You know, you get these, you sell these shirts, you get some some money, and half of that money goes towards awareness programs at schools, or where does it specifically yeah. go? That's what we've done up until schools closing, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so we take half those proceeds, and we have a couple close friends of ours that are within like the local school districts and like stuff throughout Utah. So they've been awesome at helping us be able to get into these schools so easily, especially it being like me being young and like high school age kind of thing. So they're able to get us in there and we're able to 
gather like entire faculties and we have people who are certified in these trainings and they come and kind of the sum of the like training that they put on is how to like see these changes and things in kids and how to react to them. That's like the easiest way to put it. And then it talks about what to do within these schools and these groups and like places of work when somebody does die by suicide. So yeah, it just helps us. Like you said, like, for example, your guys is eighth grader. Like they just don't know how to mm-hmm. wrap their head around this kind of thing. And you'd be surprised at how many kids, even my age or like younger high school age, like also just don't know how to wrap their heads around these kinds of things, which totally makes sense. Yeah, I think the younger you are, the more you feel like you're invincible. So you don't even, you know, like the whole idea of death doesn't. I can't wrap my head around this kind of thing either, though, you know, like. It's, uh, you know, it's a challenge, but it's out there, you know, and here's here's Caden at 18 years old. Mm -hmm going out there and trying to make a difference, you know, trying, trying to get a message of hope out, trying to get a message out that there is a brighter tomorrow, a brighter future. I mean, but it's, I I think the challenge is it's, it's, it's tough because, you know, I think a lot of people that uh, are in that situation, I understand have either suffered, you know, some sort of significant trauma, Mm -hmm. you know, in their life, emotionally, mentally, et cetera, sometimes physically, and or suffer from mental yeah. illness, right. uh, which can be a challenge. And then there's the the oddities, you know, out of nowhere, somebody didn't suffer from either of those things and just maybe because of the circumstances mm-hmm. felt hopeless. Mm-hmm. You know, they weren't uh, equipped. Like right now, it's very difficult. How do you get counseling right True. now? You know, you're not yeah, supposed exactly. to, you know, like I, I was thinking about this um, a couple of days ago, like virtual counseling, like that should be all over right now. That should be yeah. all over the internet. Yeah, right? like if you just need to talk to somebody. Yeah, just need to, you know, just to check in, to log in with somebody, mm-hmm. you know, even if it's 15 or 20 minutes, just, just talk about your feelings, you mm-hmm. know, like they should have rampant virtual counseling going I on right now. I will do that. You will? You can call me and I will talk about, you can talk about your feelings and I will listen and <laughs> give you great advice and how you should remain hopeful and... I can do that, John. You're, you're going to be my counselor? Yeah. Oh, awesome. Maybe. Oh, you, you need a counselor? Well, you just said you were going to do that for me. No, for people who need it. You don't, you don't need think it. I need it? Well, you have me 24-7. <laughs> I am the happiness coordinator. You already have her on call. Yeah, yeah. You should already be happy and filled with hope. Yes. You live with me. Yes. But yeah. I will be that person if someone wants to call in. Yeah, really, right? Yeah. You and know, I make- will stay on topic. You know, what's so funny about that is that I've, I've thought many times, like we've been the benefactor of the positive effects of counseling. Mm-hmm. I'm a big, huge advocate great. of it. And um, I love talking to people yeah. though. <laughs> Do you? Uh, yeah. Jen likes to talk. Her, her, her mouth likes to move. Yeah. <laughs> good. But, uh, you know, I've thought, you know, more people should be equipped that mm-hmm, way. Mm-hmm. I, I think counseling should be a prerequisite to like becoming an adult. Well, I think people think it's a bad thing. Like if you're going to a counselor, like something bad has happened in your life and that's not true. Like sometimes you just need somebody true, else to talk to. That. Yeah. It's There's like, like a negative stigma to it. Totally. And it's not about that. Like, exactly. I, I don't know. I like talking to people. So yeah, here, here's my thing about it. You know, like you're not given a rule book on, on how you're made. There's, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like when you're born, here's the book of Sean, <laughs> you know, here's the book of Caden, you know? And so this is why you're going to do this when you're 17. And yeah. this is why you're going to do this when you're five. And I could probably write a book of Sean. 
You could? Yeah. No. Yeah. I could I could write a book of Jen because, you know, I was an adult when I met you and you were a child. And so. It's not true. <laughs> I was 18. You were 15. Legally, that was the case. I wasn't. The 15 not a child. Well, you were an, you were a teenager. <laughs> yeah. So was I. So were you. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. So, so tell us a little bit about, um, now this touched you a bit more. Um, I read online too, that your dad, um, you know, had gone through, had had a heart attack and actually wrestled with some of these feelings himself. So, I mean, did the idea yeah. start with him of creating the charity? Did it start with you? Like, how did you guys kind of come together and tell us a little bit about what happened with your father? Yeah. So, with my dad, it was four years ago this month, actually, that he had a heart attack. I actually was in a movie. It was a long movie, too. I think it was like Batman versus Superman or something. <laughs> so I was I was gone for the whole thing, like the whole entire ordeal. I was just, I didn't know. I was just in a movie. And then by the time I got out, he was already like, all right in the hospital. But I guess it was a pretty hard few hours because mm-hmm. I know my mom and my brothers were all there. And so, and obviously... He was too. So that was kind of weird just having like next thing, you know, and it just shows how like fragile life is outside of like suicide and those things that we've been talking about. But just that things can change so quick like that. And so at that point, I don't know if I was able to wrap my head around that a whole bunch either, but he recovered and stuff and was able to be home a lot and, you know, just try to get back on his feet. But like that has a big effect on you. Like, I guess your body going through that and having to be on different medications to help your body. I didn't know how big of an effect that has on your like body and your mind until seeing like him go through it. So yeah, he went through just those episodes and definitely struggled a lot. And by looking at that, I feel like that's part of like his part of things, like his upbringing, of the idea and the story that I was also going through with having friends and colleagues and stuff being a little, I didn't know as much like what was going on with my dad. You know, I was young. It was four years ago. So I was 14. It was only a year or so after my friend had died by suicide. So I think my head just wasn't wrapping around this stuff, like the way it does now, obviously that it's come to be this like big idea we have. I can see that, you know, being 14, you're kind of like, your dad's just sick. You don't really understand what is a heart attack at 14. Yeah. Like you just know that that's your dad. He's going to be fine. He just, you know, is at the hospital kind of thing. So, well, I I had something like that. From the looks of it, he was. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. You know, I, I, I had my, my dad had an accident when I was about that age Mm -hmm. and, uh, Like it does, it does, you know, and he could have died mm-hmm. like he didn't, but like, it was like, you just a, don't think that that's your yeah. dad. Your dad's not going to die kind of thing. It's not what's going on in True. your head. Yeah. And you know, you don't really think about how it ends up affecting them mm-hmm. to some degree, you know, how right. they're dealing with it. Because I think as male men, you just want to tr- kind of shelter your kids and mm-hmm. stuff from whatever it is that you're feeling. Yeah, and so, of course. You know, but you guys, you guys ended up uh, talking about it, and then you guys co-founded the charity. You know, your tribe clothing, and so like his his mission must have been very similar to yours, recognizing what he had already seen and mm-hmm. felt himself. He felt convicted to uh, help you with it. 
I definitely think so, just because none of us saw the mental health part of it, you know? Like you said, you see your dad, and you're like, he's going to be fine, those kinds of things, because it seems like it. Like, if he's able to go to work and exercise and those things again, like, you know, you don't think anything else is wrong until it came to be that he told us that he was going through those things that we were like holy crap you know like how did you get through that kind of thing like I'm like very impressed that he was able to and very glad that he was able to because mm-hmm. it sounds like genuinely really scary you yeah know? yeah it does so yeah seeing that anything with with heart that did have it. a big effect yeah anything with heart in it you're like automatically like that's scary yeah it is t- you need the heart <laughs> You need it to function. It's, it's, you need it to work. It is, it yeah. is vital to life. Yes. You, like, are, you are correct. I always say like the heart and the spine. Like I don't want to mess with any of that. Mm-hmm. You, and, don't need, you don't need and, the brain. And I'll go exactly. down to the knees too. I don't want to mess with my knees. <laughs> Everything else you can throw out the window. Yeah. So you would, you would have a heart, you would have a spine, yep. and you would have knees. Yep. And nothing else. A good set of knees. I, I guess you don't You like food, so you're not, what, what about what about a mouth and a tongue? I just want a heart, like a lion, okay? <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> so, uh, Kaden, where do you, where do you see, um, you know, your tribe clothing going in the next five years? I mean, what, what's, the, what's the big picture mission? What's the plan? Um, I'm hoping it can just keep getting bigger. Like every day we come together with more, better ideas and improvement. You know, mm-hmm. a business has to start somewhere. So you're able to look back and be like, oh, wow, like we've come a long way kind of thing. Um, so I'm hoping that throughout the next few years, we're able to keep up with the traction we're getting and hopefully get more and get it, you know, outside of our community because it's great having it within our community and stuff. But mm-hmm. we live in Utah. It's not the most populated place in the world and the fact that there's billions of people you'd mm-hmm. think that the goal would be able to get this to more people you know yeah i agree have you have you had somebody share a story yet that you've helped to save a life um we've definitely had stories from people um of just like the hope it's given them right i don't know if they specifically said like it saved their life mm-hmm. but i know there are definitely people that i can think of like off the top of my head that I've met in person before that I know like it's genuinely been such a huge help to them. Yeah. Even though it's just a shirt, you know, right. Like if they're struggling so much, then they'll find hope in the things that they're, they have and that we've been able to provide, which I think is really awesome. And I'm hoping that at some point that even if we don't have to know it, just that it will save someone's Mm -hmm. life. It's spreading awareness. I mean, just seeing, you know, the shirts and knowing what they mean, it, you know, automatically is just spreading awareness. And that's what we want to do because you never know who you are helping just by wearing that shirt. Yeah, I agree. You know, awareness, awareness is key. Mm -hmm. Money is key to give awareness, Mm -hmm. schools, resources, et cetera. Um, Exactly. And I, I just applaud applaud what you're doing. I, th- I just think it's awesome. And so, uh, you know, as we finish up here, let me ask you a question. So if there's someone out there feeling hopeless, feeling um, despair, mm-hmm. you know, having thoughts of harming themselves or ending their life, you, you know, from uh, the perspective of your tribe clothing, from an 18-year-old Caden Garcia, what, mm-hmm. what would you say to that person? Um, am I allowed to get a little religious here? Sure, absolutely. Hey, we love Jesus. I'm a Jesus freak. <laughs> Faith is the big reason why we're, you know, we're doing this. Yeah. Yeah. So how I would put 
that, like just to somebody who is truly struggling and somebody that's like going through these things is just that there's like so much more in store for them mm-hmm. and that Christ didn't go through everything he went to for us to mm-hmm. like give up, you know, mm-hmm. and it is, a, it's hard to say, but it is a pretty selfish thing. And exactly why we're doing what we're doing is just to give people more reason just to not like go to do this like terrible act, you know, taking their own lives. So I think it would just be to tell people that there is so much more to life and there's, they have so much potential. And like you said, there's seasons when stuff gets hard, even if it's like the whole world right now Mm -hmm. going through what we're going through, or even if it's just personal things like a heart attack or a bad accident that just really puts your body and your mind through like a whirlwind that can definitely have a big effect on you just to know, just to help people know that there's like so much more to life than what they're going through right then and there. And they can learn from it. That's something that I've really come to try to live by is just that is just growing through um, trial and those things. That's exactly what, like Christ wants us to do mm-hmm. through what he went through is just to be able to learn and grow through when things get hard, you know? Yeah. yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree with that more. I mean, I do, I do think the older that you get, the more storms you've been through, right. the more you are comforted by the fact that it is just a season. The mm-hmm. challenge I think is for younger people that have not been through storms like that, mm-hmm. it can seem like, Exactly. The world. The world yeah. is ending. The, the world then and yeah. there. You know, we we were, what were we watching? We were watching something where they talked about, or somebody had said something about the fact that, like, as soon as you turn eighteen, like as soon as you graduate high school, yeah. like everything about your life that mattered before that. We were talking to one of our um, guests, um, Sean. Yes. Yeah. Like everything. Like the other what you Sean. Could, yeah, <laughs> the other Sean. What you could what you could say to somebody, literally, especially when they're in high school, is like the moment that they graduate, nothing about life is the same again. The yeah. hierarchy, the cliques, yeah. the friends, the like. It, it's like a new life yeah. begins right. when you're 18 and graduating. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like so that's that's a message that I think a lot of yeah. you know people because a lot of people can deal with something if they know it's just a season right. you know this whole pandemic thing yeah. just knowing that it's a season it's not going to go on forever they will find a, a, a vaccine yeah. it will end it will stop but yet you know sometimes it's hard to keep that perspective yeah. i just think like if you no, always think true. that tomorrow is a new day a brighter day like things can change overnight like go to sleep and then wake up and then it's a whole new day I'm going to remind you of that when you're having a nothing's right day. I do have those days. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't exactly like being cooped up. <laughs> yeah, they do. I wake up and I'm like, look, this is great. I'm working out. I feel great. It's usually around later exactly. in the afternoon. I'm like, okay, I'm done being cooped up. I can't sit still this long. <laughs> I think Jen and I have gone through ebbs and flows. Like yeah. she'll, she'll have a bad day. I'll have a bad day. She'll have a bad morning. I'll have a bad afternoon yeah. or, or whatever. But and it's not bad. It's just yeah. like we're bored. Like we want to get back to our life just like everybody else wants to, but we can't. So yeah. it's just frustrating. Cause like I have stuff to do. Like I can't do this for very much longer, but I think we have like two more months of this. I don't know. <laughs> How it's freaking me out. This needs to be over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. exactly. Well, Caden, I've, I've had an awesome time having you on. I mean, what a bright shining example yes. of young people 
making a difference. Doing great things. 18 I mean, years old, starting a, 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 a nonprofit company that mm-hmm. is, you know, making clothing for others that, that inspires awareness and some of the proceeds yeah. going towards, you know, actually uh, education and, um, you know, I just think it's awesome. I just think that, you know, like the, I'm, I'm hope filled yes. hearing about young people yes. trying to make a difference. Amen to that. Let's get more of that. <laughs> thank you. Yes. Thank you so much, man. I don't know about you, but, uh, that kind of a conversation with an 18 year old making mm-hmm. a difference. I mean, that gives me hope. It gives me hope for the future. Yes. Makes me excited. It's so it's so good. I mean, he's such a young man and he's making a huge difference. And I just I love that. He, he you know what I love about it? It's not only giving back, but it's also it's it's teaching him how to run a business. Mm-hmm. It's teaching him how to market, mm-hmm. you know, because he's marketing awareness. Yeah. He's it's teaching him community. Yes. You know, I just think I, this should be a prerequisite coming out of like high school. You should have to, you should have to open up some sort of charity mm-hmm. and market it and or run it for a year. Some kind of business. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, but even, even a, a charity is a one, two punch. Not only are you learning about a business, mm-hmm. but you're learning about actually helping others yeah. too. Yeah. Like it's a, it's a. You're not really profiting. Yes. You know, you're just sharing well, awareness. I mean. Some 18 year olds may need to. Well, true, but like for the most part, you're donating that money. You're, you know, trying to raise the awareness. So makes me say, what have you done lately? Me? Yeah. I do a lot. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Now you got to ask I me the question. Take, what? Well, I want to do We're more. doing a radio show. That's what we're doing. We're trying to help people with a, with a podcast. Well, yeah, that just is at the top of the list. I know. I know you do a lot. Another thing to do. <laughs> Another thing to do for Which others. Which I don't right? mind because I'd rather be doing a whole bunch of things than nothing. Especially during a pandemic. Because no, we know especially it. Especially for my whole life. <laughs> like I want to move. I'm a mover and a shaker. You are a mover and a shaker. <laughs> I'm moving and shaking makes me think of jazzercise for some reason. I've, I've always done a lot. You did jazzercise. I did do that. You have done a lot. Yeah. You've done Pink Cupcake Girl. You've started Run, Walk, Jog, Streaks. I do streaks. everything. You name it, I've done it. Have you done skydiving? I don't want to do that. I named it. You didn't do it. No. You know what? Have you ever ridden a bowl? <laughs> I would, but where are we going to find a bowl. one? Yeah, what's it going to do? Just buck me off, right? Yeah, they can hurt you. Have you not seen them? They're I like can run th- fast. It's not going to get me. You can run fast. Yeah, faster than that bull. You think you can run faster than a bull? Yeah, I know I'm, I can. Next rodeo, I'm going to get you out there in a clown suit. I've always wanted to be that. You wanted to be I that? I wanted to be the clown at the, at the Guess rodeo. Guess what? Winner, 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 chicken dinner. <laughs> Would that not be the funnest job ever? <laughs> I want to run around and I, I think you would think it was fun for a moment and then you would lose your proverbial crap. Did you know? Yes, you do know. But did you know that my maiden name is Bozo? Is it Bozo? It's really Bozo, but it's B-O-Z-Z-O. So everyone used to call me Bozo. So I've got the clown in me. You do. I know, right? See, yeah, now, so, you're, now you're seeing me run around that arena with my Bozo the Clown. So we, we can officially make an announcement that the next rodeo yeah. that comes through town. Sign me up. You're going to audition to be the clown. Sign me up. And you're going to distract the bulls. I'm not afraid that it's going to get me. 
Like, I want to run with the bulls. Since uh, when did you get this fierceness? I just don't want to skydive. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the bull. Give you the bull. I want to be on the ground. You want to be on the ground? Yeah, I don't like to really be up in the air. All right. Well, the 2,000-pound bull coming your way, ready to hit that little oh, barrel. Bring you, it. You're going to punch it in I the nose. I took up boxing, you know. I will punch him in the nose. That, I, I'm unsure how that would You're go. You're speechless. But I know. <laughs> I got you right where I want you. Speechless. Yes, you are. Well, that was an interesting conclusion to today's <laughs> Hope Radio Podcast. Hopefully that gives you some humor and some hope moving forward. But we are so glad that you uh, joined us and uh, looking forward to a couple of interviews upcoming this week. Yes. Got the Ula guys coming on. We do. Ula. The state yeah. of awesomeness. Mm -hmm. Two guys trying to change the world with one word. They are changing the world. They are. Yes. Can't wait to have them on, uh, working on a couple of other interviews. So we're excited. Make it a great day until we talk again. Bye.